We've all had wardrobe malfunctions, moments when our clothes badly let us down. I'm Susanna Constantine and I've had oh so many. I'll be telling you all about them. In fact, sometimes I wonder if my life is one long wardrobe malfunction, punctuated by the occasional moment when things somehow go according to plan. You know what? I've always been fascinated by clothes, how they define us, how they make us feel. Having helped thousands of people with their wardrobes, I know the impact looking good can have on our self-esteem. No matter who we are, clothes have the ability to brighten our day or bloody well ruin it. So it feels only natural that I'm returning to this, my true love in the My Wardrobe Malfunction podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking to a very special guest about their relationship with clothes, the ups, the downs, and a lot more besides. We'll discuss everything from their comfort blanket to their burial suit, and of course, hear about their ultimate wardrobe malfunction. But that's not all. I'd love to hear about your experiences with clothes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Email help at mywardmal.com or contact us at mywardmal to tell us more. But now, let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. I am with Michelle Visage, who is the most all-woman woman I think I've ever come across. And she walked in and I expected her to be six foot tall. <laughs> and she is petite, gorgeous, with the most beautiful eyes, amazing bone structure, everything a drag queen could wish for. Oh, bless Hi, your Michelle. heart. Hi, darling. Thank you for having me. It's amazing. I'm, in, I'm really kind of wee. I am. I'm only... You're like, yeah, you're little, you know, you're one of Snow White's little people. I am. Aren't you? I'm only 5'4, yeah. How do you carry the kind of whole drag queen persona off being petite? Well, drag queens come in all shapes and yeah. sizes, darling. So well, they do in Las Vegas, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> high hair, high shoes, you know, uh -huh. it's that's just what it's about. Yeah. And what, I mean, like now you're pretty pared down. Yes. You're wearing a very cool, kind of studded black sweater. Mm -hmm. Just, little Lulu leggings yeah. I think you've been training for Strictly and that's why you're wearing this I'm I've got that kind of attire right now go in my head and it's in my kind of periphery so it's everywhere so the idea of wearing heels right now is not on my radar so I just kind of pare it down yeah what are the highest heels you wear What's the highest pair of heels? Uh, probably a 120 with? pitch. Uh, well, I don't even know what that okay. means. You're um, talking in a foreign like language. A, <laughs> like a seven inch. Seven inch? Yeah. That's with a platform, right? No. Can you just show me your foot? How? Just just put your foot on the table. Or I can't put my foot on the table. No, but I want to see how like high that is. Inch, a seven inch pitch would be like, you're literally like that. How do so, you do that? It's like being a ballet dancer and walking on points. Right. So they're not meant, the Louboutin 120s are like they go like that and yeah you're literally meant to sit in them i wore them to the emmys last year and I'll, or two years ago and i'll never my feet will never recover from what was left like what was i thinking walking down a red carpet in them were they sort of bleeding inside um, by the, the blister was like four inches in diameter and it was like in the middle of my foot it was horrendous 
horrendous. Uh, but I am in awe of you for even attempting that feat. Well, attempting is the operative word here yeah. <laughs> because I will never do it again. But how I just, do you think wearing high heels is, sorry, this is just for my own benefit because I I live in the countryside now and basically I've gone feral. So for me to come up to London, <laughs> it's quite an effort and yeah. I've actually got a bit of makeup on, a bit of mascara and I'm wearing clean clothes. You look lovely. For you. Yes, thank you. But the thought of wearing high heels, I mean, I can't even stand in them, let alone walk in them now. What do I do? Um, I started wearing heels at 13, like my mother's heels. I love heels. I think heels change the look. They change your posture. Even when people will say to me, you're being shot from the waist up. You don't mm. have to wear heels. It's like, mm, but I'm going to keep them on mm. because they change the way you hold yourself. They change your carriage. Mm. So I think that definitely is something to remember. Mm. If you're used to not being in them for a long time, and you go in them, it's it's a big change. Same thing for me when I don't wear them and I wear trainers or something. Yeah. It hurts my calves and exactly. my Achilles because they're used to being bunched. So is it, so when you're wearing high heels, so if you're like loosening your calves, you have to stretch on a step and yeah. pull your heel down. Right. So what's the reverse of that for wearing high heels? So you, I, I think you have to train to wear high heels. It depends how high and it depends how often you're wearing it. If you're wearing it, you know, just a little bit every day, you don't really need much training. But if you're wearing, like I'll wear them, usually wherever I am, and I keep them on mm. all the time. And I just think my body's so used to them. Mm. You know, I I probably fucked myself up yeah. from squeezing my calves a lot. But it's about, yeah, it's all about balance, isn't it? It is, and posture yeah. and carriage. But you're it so really right. Is. It's that thing you do. It's like your hips go underneath you, yep. which flattens your stomach, and then your shoulders go back and down. You it just can't help difference. it. Yep. Yeah. But so you started wearing heels when you were 13. Yeah. I mean, when did you get into clothes? How old were you when you sort of became obsessed with clothes? Very, very young because, and what motivated that was my obsession with punk rock music. So I became obsessed with the London punk rock scene, Birmingham, UK, all of the Sex Pistols and Mary Quant and that whole kind of King's Road. So like the 60s, 70s kind of punk rock mm -hmm. scene, Susie and the band. She's like, I got obsessed with that. And that kind of led me into fashion. So how old were you then? 13? Yeah. 14? Because I'm 50 now. So I was born in 68. Mm -hmm. So obviously the 70s, I wouldn't really be aware of. The 80s was my time. But in the 80s, I was aware of the 60s and the 70s okay. because of the, the style and the fashion. Okay. So when you, I read a story about you going into your bathroom and giving yourself a Mohican. Correct. So were you kind of like, you weren't ahead of the time doing that. You were like being uh, retro. Or was that the time when Annabella from That's Bow, exactly wow, wow. what did it. That's okay. exactly what did it. Annabella from Bow Wow Wow and Cindy Lauper and Time After Time, which was the mm. early 80s. The I Want Candy, that album, Bow Wow Wow, yeah. changed my life in many ways. There's a lot of music-related, life-changing things for me. But I thought Annabella was the sexiest creature on the earth. I still do. Sexy in what way? She was just but androgynous, but also okay. feminine, beautiful, exotic, but when I saw the I Want Candy video, that's like when MTV first started, like 1982 or something, mm. 83. And that video came on. I was like, she was so beautiful to me. Mm. Like, I wanted to look like her. Mm. And I couldn't. My skin was very pale. My eyes are very green. I would never look exotic like that. So I thought, oh, well, a way to do it would be to shave my hair. 
like she did. And what was the, how did you feel about the end result? I kind of was hiding it. So I did over my ears first. I didn't go all the way up mm. and then would have my hair kind of covering it. So my mother didn't Sounds know. So hideous. It was hideous. <laughs> and then I'd go to school and kind of spray it up. So uh, then I was cool. I love that. So at yeah. home you were hiding it. And yes. then you thought, fuck it, when I go to school and I'm with the teachers, Correct. I'm going to have full on Mohican. Did not take two days for my mother to say, what the fuck have you done so, to yourself? I mean, that takes balls yeah. for... How old were you then? 13. 13. So everything happened when you were 13. I mean, that takes real balls to do that. Do you know why I think In school. Yeah, but I also never fit in. I was bullied all through elementary school. Why do you think? I was an adopted kid and my parents did not have a lot of money, but they went above and beyond to kind of give me things that I wanted. So I would appear on the outside to be spoiled. When the reality is, even though I was spoiled, we still didn't have money. Mm. So people thought that I was a spoiled kid. Okay. So they would have a problem with that and they would pick on me. And then I got, you know, 12, 13 years old. You start going into that chunky phase and, you know, boys didn't like me. I like boys. They didn't like me. The girls that were my friends were now picking on me. So I really didn't have a place where I fit in. Mm. And being adopted didn't make it any better because I would go home and have a family that I didn't look like didn't understand why I was the way that I was. So I didn't really get what was going on. I mean, by dressing the way you did and giving yourself a Mohican, were you flying in the face of that rejection from kids your age? Yeah, Do you that think was you were just giving them the finger and saying, Part of it, you. big F you to yeah. society, but also look at me. Mm. I need the attention because not that I didn't get it at home. My parents both worked full-time jobs and I was a latchkey kid where, you know, mm-hmm. you'd let yourself in and out. Mm-hmm. And, um, my parents loved me so much, mm. almost too much. <laughs> and you and I can understand that as being mothers, mm-hmm. you know. But still, I wasn't get the, getting the attention from the girls and the boys. Mm. I didn't fit in. I didn't have a place mm. that was comfort Yeah, apart from my bedroom. You know, but when you're 13, 14 years old, you don't care what your mom and dad say. No, you don't. They're the last people on earth that you care about. Right. So was it a form of protection, what you were wearing? Did the clothes and the sort of outrageous outfits for someone that age and kind of going against society, was that, do you think that protected you somewhat? Yeah, obviously. It was like um, a mask. Yeah. Um, So I believed what I did and I loved what I did. And I would wear Sid Vicious, you know, uh, he used to wear a padlock around his neck with a chain and I would wear that every day. Mm. So yeah, it was my kind of mask of protection, but I still loved it and wished I I was in London and wish I was in that scene in the 60s and the 70s and really believed that I could be part of this and these were my people. Mm. So that's where fashion became an outlet for me to feel better about myself, to feel more positive, to feel like I belonged. Mm. And then that kind of fashion led into mainstream fashion and entered the late 80s and early 90s. So when you say mainstream fashion, Well, punk rock was not mainstream fashion in New Jersey. No, not at all. But you said it led you into mainstream fashion. The Versace's and their, you know... I can't imagine you ever being mainstream. Mainstream for me was that, was funky, but like I loved Catherine Hamnett and Anna Sui, early Marc Jacobs, Todd Oldham... Mm. Versace, Complice, all these different lines that some of them don't even exist anymore. I was obsessed with all of those. No, I couldn't afford them, but I would wait. I lived in New York City at the time because I moved out when I was 17 to go to musical theater college Mm -hmm. in New York City. And they have these wonderful things called sample sales. And I worked in the garment district. So I would get all those sample sale flyers and I'd show up super early. My favorite designer always growing up had been Betsy Johnson. Loved Betsy Johnson. Original Betsy was stuff that still people could Mm. not touch. 
Um, and I would just be, you know, there at the sample sales buying stuff for 10, 20 bucks. And it was fashion to me. It might not have been, you know, off the runway, but it was, you know, it was still Betsy Johnson. It mm. was still Richard Tyler. It was still Jill Hamnet. I mean, uh, Jill Sander, whoever it was, mm. I would get the bits and bobs and pieces to be like, this is me. And I would save up so much to have all this fashion. And so it kind of became a thing. And I would accessorize it the way I do in my cheap, gaudy way. But that's the way I presented it. I'm mm. never going to look like Naomi Campbell or Micaela or Nadja Auerman. I'm never going to mm. look like them. So mm. I'm going to look like me, mm. all five foot four of me, and present fashion the way that I see it. And you've always done that. Always, yeah. because I it's self-expression. Mm. It's my artistry or mm. shardistry, depending on the day. Mm. And that's how I... Uh, expressed myself. Yeah. So you, I mean, you really don't follow fashion at all. Do I you? know what's, what's you know hot. what's in fashion. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't ever set the the tone for me. Uh, how far do you go to dress for your body shape? I go very far because my body shape is not fashion friendly. Because yeah, same as me, a G cup. Right. Yeah. Well, mine yeah. are gone. My implants are gone, mm. and that helps a lot, mm. um, which makes me look a lot tinier. Yeah. Because my boobs were in E basically yeah. here in the UK. But I had two C-sections, so my stomach is not my best friend. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the tiniest waist, so I'm a okay. bit of a block body. So I know that I have to wear a waist cincher. I know that there's spanks going under there. Yeah. And then I also know that I like a long sleeve with an open neck because that gives an illusion. Yeah. So if you do a long sleeve, open neck, bring it in bodycon and do a midi skirt length, which is yeah. like mid-calf. Because you've got, you got great calves. It's just yeah. beautiful. It's sexy. Sexy. Yeah. Yeah. And and it I have pretty broad shoulders, so it gives an illusion of an hourglass yeah. figure when it's not really there. Yeah, and you allow the dress. So if you get a tailored jacket, it's allowing the mm. the jacket is is creating the waist. Honey, for nobody you. has more tailored jackets than I do. Yeah, I same. probably have about fifty. Ditto. Yeah. Ditto. They Wherever just, I can get them, those yeah. and dresses. And like, Zara makes a million of them and yeah, they they're cover so good, aren't they? So how did you get into drag? Did you do that through the club scene? Was it yeah, hanging so out in the club scene? I moved to New York City in 1986. Yeah. And I was going to uni and my mother said to me, listen, kid, uh, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the internet. We didn't mm -hmm. have computers. She said, you need to go out to these nightclubs. You live in New York City. That's how you're going to get discovered. And I was, I never drank a day mm. in my life and I never did drugs. So she wasn't really worried about me becoming Michelle Visage, a portrait mm. of a teenage alcoholic. <laughs> so she went to 42nd Street herself, Times Square, and got me a fake ID. Fantastic. She sent it to me in the mail with a letter and said, no more complaining. Mm. Here it is. Go. Mm. So then I started going out to nightclubs and I got involved. There was a club called The Underground. I remember that. Very mm -hmm. long time ago. A long time ago, yep. Walked in with my roommate from college. She didn't want to go. I dragged her with me, and I walked down steps, and this beautiful, dark-skinned Puerto Rican boy came up to me, and he's like, what's your name? And I'm looking around going, okay, stranger danger. Like, what do I do? I was like, Michelle? And he goes, you're the most you have the most beautiful face I have ever seen in my life. And I was literally 18, mm. and I was like, if I had tears in my body, I probably would have cried. <laughs> but then I just turned around and said, I can't, you're like, who are you, me? You know, I'm not. Mm. And he brought me to this back room with him and I went. <laughs> I don't know if that was the smartest idea again. And he brought me into this room with like 
30 of the weirdest, craziest, outliers, freaky weirdos I've ever seen in my life. And I knew that I had, that was home. Home, yeah. I knew that was my, those were my people. Yeah. And I was the only girl with my skin color in that group. But I knew that that was my place. Mm. And that's how it all started. And mm. then it became a nightly thing. Started out as weekends and became nightly. So I'd go to school. I'd leave, get dressed, go back to my dorm room, and then go out to the clubs. And that's how I met Rue in those nightclubs. How amazing. In 1980. If your mind and your heart are open, there's a beautiful community there that will love you for who you are. And mm. that's, you know, I've had um, parents of like, you know, my daughter's friends say to me, why are you, why do you waste so much time fighting for gay rights? You're not gay. Why aren't you fighting for women's rights? And it's like, okay, these are not exclusive mm. or one of, you know, one another. They are inclusive and I fight for all rights. I'm a woman. I'm a strong woman. I'm a feminist. I consider myself a feminist fighting for the rights of women and, and fighting for women, my daughters to be strong, independent women. And I've got a husband who supports me, but I consider myself a feminist. Mm. And as far as gay rights, I, I have a big mouth. And I realized really early on that I want to use that big mm. mouth to help affect change in this world. Mm. And this is a community that never judged me, never said I was too old, too young, too fat, too short. Too, you know, they always loved me. So that's why I will always stand with them. But do you think even, you know, despite RuPaul and the drag race and the fascination that people have for it and the love that people have for the show, do you think that the whole drag community is gaining some kind of acceptance? I think the gay community in and of itself is gaining more yes, acceptance. Yes, the, the, in particular, the, the drag Yeah, but of course, because when I first started in the community, drag queens were not. They were marginalized. Mm. They were along the same lines as bi people and trans mm. people. These are the most marginalized within the community. And drag queens were looked at as a joke. Mm. They were not looked at as cool and, and artists. And no, it was a joke. And I never understood that because I would be in the clubs watching them and being like, these are the most incredible people I've ever seen in my life. Mm. What are you not getting? Mm. Especially within the community, seeing gay men treat drag queens that way or not want to date them because they were drag queens. Very weird. Mm. And some of that still exists, but it's definitely gotten a boost. I don't know if I agree with that. I still, I think, I wonder if it's still seen People can look on, but they don't want to get involved, which uh, is fine. But Susanna, but I don't know if... There's no way I'm saying that it's mainstream. Yeah. So when people interview me and try to say that RuPaul's Drag Race is now mainstream... Yeah. It's not... Bollocks. Yeah. Absolutely not. It will mm. not ever be. Because at the end of the day, there's still mid middle America, the mm -hmm. Bible Belt. Of course. There's still conservatives. And they, they don't... You know, I see them complaining that Strictly's going to have same-sex couples. Mm. It's like, when are you going to get that mm. the world evolves? You can either get on board or you're going to be left in the dust mm. with the cockroaches. Mm. Nobody's trying to ruin any kind of society. Nobody's to take away your straight pride. Nobody's going to try to ruin, you know, the future of the world by not... Having children, you know, come out of your vagina, mm. at the end of the day, everybody can live harmoniously. Mm. We are nowhere near being mainstream. No, exactly. Not going to happen. Yeah. But we're a lot further than we were. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think when you see, you know, going back to the whole, the way that drag queens dress and... That has an influence now yeah. on how... It's always influenced me. Yeah, <laughs> <clearly>. <laughs> Um 
But, you know, when I see the way drag queens dress, I, I that's something I aspire to because I have the kind of body, I think, which a drag queen might aspire to with my massive tits, yes. which are natural. Bless you. And... You know, kind of quite small waist, so still an okay. Are you showing legs. off? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm not showing mm. off. I want to have a breast reduction. No, personally. but that is, you know, I I would see All them. And I think, okay, these are women who I can dress like. Yes, and not the fucking runway models who no. are like ironing boards. Have you ever aspired to look? I aspired to look like a runway model for many years, and it took me many years to realize because all the battle with eating disorders and stuff. Yeah. and I realized. No matter how much I don't eat, mm. I am never going mm. to look like Christy Turlington. Mm. Well, they are, God bless them. They're beautiful, but they are they're freaks, they're of, freaks nature. of nature. Yes. yes. And all, we say that with all the love in the world, yeah. but we were not Bitches. born yeah. that way. Exactly. Yeah. Cows. Yeah. But bless them for being mm. able to do it. And mm. that's how clothes are supposed to hang. But even, you know, I laugh because even like Victoria Beckham, if I go to try something on and it's a 46. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, 46. I can't. No, I can't get the over zip up my back. Thigh. Oh, okay. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. And I wear a UK 10, yeah. 12. Yeah. I can't get it yeah. up. So that's made for models, not but made do for you me. want to wear Victoria Beckham? Well, I like some of the cuts that she mm. has, but they'll never mm. get on my body. Same thing with Stella McCartney. Like, I struggle with a 46 and mm. Stella. Because her clothes actually would suit your body shape because she's got a similar body shape to you. Victoria. D- no, Stella, um, Stella mm. McCartney. And her designs are lovely. And I have yeah. a few pieces of that. But I have to go to a 46 or everybody else I can wear a 44 for the most part. Yeah. It's a struggle. Yeah. So I know this sounds really like elitist what we're talking about, but these are, fashion is fashion, you know, fast fashion's taking over the world and we can all wear that. Mm. But if we want proper fashion from real designers, they don't make them for bodies like ours. They you, just don't. Yeah. Do you find that now you're, you know, where you're just got one foot in your 50s? I'm just got one foot nearly coming out of my 50s. But do you find that you buy less fast fashion now and more? I don't like contributing to the world's problems. Yeah. But do you spend more on individual pieces or are you a shopping whore? I'm both. Okay. I will spend on something. But, you know, I was adopted into a Jewish family. And my mother taught me really early to never pay retail. Mm. So I wait and everything inevitably goes on sale. Whether it's your size or not is a different story. And I go to outlets. I go to Bister Village. I go in New York. I go in LA. And I will find a deal. Mm. But when it comes to fast fashion, the problem that I have is if I like something, I buy it in every color it comes in. Okay. What's your wardrobe like? How big is it? Um, it's a walk-in closet. It's not a Kardashian closet. Okay. But it's... I don't even know what that looks like. But it, I imagine, you can imagine it's like a house. And yeah. I don't have that. Yeah. I have a kid in uni and it, one yeah. going next year. So that won't be happening anytime soon. But I have wardrobes and then I have a walk-in closet. Yeah. Because each year for Drag Race 2, I get a certain amount of budget and all those clothes come back into my closet at the end. Okay. So I've been opening like a Poshmark closet, even though they don't ship to the UK. Um, and I've been selling my stuff because I want it to go to good use. Mm. And I donate a bunch to women's charities that are around my house for women that are starting up that have come out of an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and they're getting back into the workforce. Yeah, that's, um, yeah that's so I great. donate yeah. to those. Some of my clothes are not appropriate for, yeah. for that. Do you get your clothes made for performing? Do you Some. have someone who makes them or do you buy yes. them? Some, when I perform, like if I'm doing the tour. So what is your performance look? What is the sort of archetypal Michelle Visage? 
Um, it's usually a gown that kind of cuts up in the front that I can walk and move and not be trapped in. It's a stretch fabric, usually covered in sequins. Mm-hmm. It's usually got a corset on top so I can cinch it really tight. I tend to lose a lot of weight on the road. Mm-hmm. So it can start out one size and end up another. It's usually some kind of bolero, something that covers my arms, unless I'm feeling quite toned. Mm-hmm. I can take it off if I want. Um, and depending what I'm doing for a performance, a number, you know, then a jacket or, you know, a nice pencil skirt, something mm. that goes along with it. Really depends on what I'm doing. Because I feel with you, it's much more about the hair and makeup because you've got such a strong face. You know, it's like that's where your attention is. You have a, you do amazing makeup. I don't know who does your makeup, but it's incredible. And then you have this wonderful hair, right. usually on top of your head or kind yes. of billowing. Um, and it's kind of like the clothes are almost a backdrop. They are. Because of all those years I lost to my own body shaming on myself, I okay, felt... Okay, tell me more about that when you say body shaming. What well, were you saying like to yourself? I felt like I didn't deserve pretty things, pretty okay. fashion. And deserve is a strong word, but like when I had gained a lot of weight, so I battle Hashimoto's, which is a autoimmune disease of the thyroid. And this is all getting really deep and medical, but I had breast implants for 30 years and they were making me sick. So I would have things, times where I'd gain 40, 50 pounds and be so inflamed. Mm. Yes, I was still eating shit. I'm not going to just blame the disease, but you get into this cycle of bad food with an autoimmune disorder and Because you're tired all the time, I imagine. Tired all the time, yeah. eating like shit, not caring, and then looking at yourself and going, I hate what I see, so let's eat some more. Mm. So that becomes the cycle. And then if I get my thyroid under control, medication's working, then I come back down. So I'd go anywhere from like a 10 to like a 18, depending. I know, crazy. This is still happening. No, since you I ha- got my yeah. implants out, I've been maintaining pretty low. Yeah. Which is good. So you had how many implant procedures? Three. Okay. And what were you, what size were you before you ever started? Yeah. What I am now, which is nothing. Okay. Can I have a feel? There's nothing there. Literally. Well, you're what? A B? A B. Yeah. Yeah. On a good day. Yeah. Really, it's like an A, but there's enough to fit a B. Yeah. So I'm a B now. UKB, which is like a USA, but. And what do you go up to? By your third? An E. An E. Okay. Yeah. Massive. Not knowing all along that they'd been making me sick and no doctors kind of brought it up. So I think I got to a point of, you can look and follow it. You can watch Drag Race and see Mm. when I was up and when I was down. You can see what was going on even with my health just by looking at me. Mm. So I would then not want to dress myself. And then, of course, when you put it on social media and you see the picture, the first thing they say is, wow, you got fat. I didn't know your belly looked like that. And it's like, so all I can say is, yep, you're yeah. right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah. It's right there. Yes, I did get fat. Thank yeah. you for pointing that out. I know yeah. it. It didn't hurt me because I'm used to it, but it yeah. was like, duh. Yeah. Ray, you know, Ray Charles can see that I got yeah. fat. Thank you. <laughs> um, so it didn't really do anything. But yeah. um, it got to a point where I was like, well, then why am I why am I bothering mm. wearing, trying to get all these beautiful clothes when A, they don't fit, B, I look like I'm going to burst out of them, and C, I, I look terrible in it anyway. Mm. So then enter fast fashion because it was just easier, cheaper, and I could just give it away yeah. when I was done. So now I try to, now that I'm back to a decent size, I try to really be discriminate, discriminatory mm. and buy pieces that will last me, mm. that I can use. I have no problem wearing stuff again. Mm. I know Rue doesn't like to wear stuff again. I'm not that girl. No. Like if I'm going to pay for it, I'm going to wear it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and wear it. Yeah, and wear it. You and bet. I'm like you. If you find the perfect thing, it's like these jeans I'm wearing. I bought three pairs because That's I like love you. them. Yes, I love them, and I've got them in different shades of blue, and yep. I live in them. And they're great. Yep. So, what percentage do you think you have some form of glitter on? So we've got the <laughs> we've got the studs on now. Something that is representative of your. I mean, do you think Michelle Visage on stage is an alter ego? No, I am who I am on TV, on stage. And on, in real life, we're all the same person. Yeah. It's not a Beyonce, Sasha Fierce. It's like, this is who I am all the time. I've always loved shiny things. I've always loved glitter and sequins and glitz and, you know, all that stuff. So if I'm not wearing it, it's going to be on my nails. I have a diamond on my tooth. It's mm-hmm. just kind of, it makes me feel good. Mm. Simple little things. You know where you have to go if you like, lo- do you love jewelry? I love jewelry. Okay, you have to go. And I, I, I haven't been yet, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But I heard about... Golden Mile in Leicester. If ever you're in that area, apparently it's just this mile and a half long street filled with the most amazing Indian jewellery, but not... Oh, I love that. And like beautifully crafted fake stones mm. and rhinestones. And I'm so desperate to go there. Oh, well, that's just a car yeah. right away. Yeah. So just go. Do it. Just go. Done. So on a day-to-day basis, how dragged do you go when you're not... Performing. It depends outside performance on the day, but there's almost some form of something going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my nails are my nails, so they're on all the time, and they're always drag. I always have an eyelash on. I always have a hoop earring on for the most part. Usually, some sort of lip, whether it's a gloss or a lipstick, like that. And mm-hmm. then there's the days where I go full drag, which is full makeup, full hair, heels, the lot, and that you'd wear where Any, anywhere Tesco. Anywhere. Really? Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. I want to come and see you do that. I Every love day that. is a production. Every day yeah. could be a production. It's like you're stepping out there. It's like stepping out on stage. Don't you find that exhausting? Yeah, but it, it depends on how you do it, like how you attack it. If I'm out there trying to be the centerpiece all the time, that is exhausting. And yeah. I'm not. I'm just being me. Yeah. So some days I feel really good and want to be fashion. And I regret at the end of the day because my feet are killing me mm. and my corns are acting up. But I just come back and I'm like, I really wore the hell out of that dress today, mm. you know, and I feel good. And some days, like today, I'm wearing trainers and wearing little, you know. Yeah, but that leggings. you're wearing because you're in the middle of Strictly. Yes, but, you know, maybe I would wear this just with a pair of boots with yeah. a heel, you know, okay. and that's still pared down. I just put a leather knee boot with it. I, I couldn't do that. I could, I, it's like when with clothing, I hate being the center of attention. I hate standing out in clothes. So if I'm going to something, I will always dress down as a person. Well, when you mean up. dress down, do you mean like uh, schlubby or do you mean like, like kind muted of, colors? No, not I love color, but what? I will go if it's sort of black tie or you know, let's say it's a black tie event, I won't go full on glamour. I'll wear something where I'm going to fit in rather than stand out. I don't want to be criticized for what I'm wearing. So I'd rather Still. do that myself. Yes. I, and even more so now I'm, you know, been through the menopause and everything. I'm just entering the menopause. Oh, are you? Oh, it's fun, luck. isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Love it. Are you going to do HRT? Well, I've got these fibroids. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can't really. No, you can't. Because they'll feed them. Yeah. I'm lucky. I think I, I haven't had my period for about six years. Do you know what I'm doing? And I don't think it, I, I didn't even I'm notice. I'm tell you. Okay, I'm tell taking me. birth control so I don't get my period on Strictly. Well, there you fucking go. Because I would bleed out like a pig, pig. just got stabbed. Okay. Yeah. Onto the floor and we would slip and slide. I slip and slide. So <laughs> I am on the pill. Okay. And hope that works. 
Oh my god! Because I haven't stopped bleeding. Yeah. I'm going to be 51 in two weeks, and I am still bleeding regularly. I mean, that is amazing. Amazing because it does keep us young. But yeah. I asked, my mother passed away. I had two mothers because I was adopted. Yeah. So my biological mother passed away three years ago. And I texted my sister. I said, when did mom stop bleeding? And she's like, oh, I think it's 60. Wow. I still have a future in the blood zone. Thank God. You're still does. buying those tampons. Oh, well, I've never used a tampon in my Haven't life. You? I'm so scared. Really? I know I've had way bigger things all up in it to yeah. win it. But um, I don't put them in right. And they... Yeah, but you got to get the ones with out. the car- or cartons. That's why. Right, you can't do the just the no, little... No, because otherwise you have to get it up past your G-spot. No. And then it, you kind of hook it up and then it stays. Hook it? Yeah, you sort of hook it up with your finger. You know that little shelf... See my nails. In your vagina. Yeah, you got a problem with the nails. Yeah, that's not so good. So pads. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I oh, mistakenly bought something called Tenna Ladies when I was here. Okay. It was basically wearing a nappy. Oh my God. With elastic <laughs> on the sides. It came up to my <laughs> belly button, just... up to my middle <laughs> back. Like incontinence pants. And I felt confident in them, though. Did you really? I couldn't walk. Could like you get a... your Spanx over the top of them? I, I could barely get anything over the top of them. <laughs> but I wasn't going to bleed through that. No, yeah. you weren't. Yeah. Horrible. Okay. Horrible. So you're on the pill. But So I'm on the pill so I don't bleed. Yeah. I'm strictly... piece of clothing that is your comfort blanket that if you're feeling a bit insecure or something that goes with you everywhere no well, do you not? i mean i have eyewear i bring eyeglasses okay everywhere. well there you go yes so i have about 25 pairs of glasses with me that i brought over for yeah the, whenever i feel like not so f- pretty and not you know i'll pop on a pair of glasses and i instantly feel like beautiful those are gorgeous they are you they're have to really go and see beautiful. a guy called tom davis you have to go and see him and they're just gorgeous yeah. the shape and so glasses are, are your comfort. Yeah. And do you have any outfit or item of clothing that you love but everyone else hates? Oh, my God. So much. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Every pair. Okay. In society, mm. people have an issue with see-through things. Mm. Like I'll wear a pair, you know, like the whole Lululemon scandal when the pants were see-through and they were charging 120 pounds for them or whatever. I have loads of gym pants that I wear to the gym. Dave, my husband, David, will go, don't bend over. Those are see-through. And I'm like, who cares? Mm. I'm lucky if I get anybody looking at my ass at 50 years old. Mm. I don't understand the taboo with that. It never bothers me. See-through mm. clothing doesn't bother me. If it doesn't mm. bother me, why is it bothering you? Mm. I love to see plus size women mm-hmm. in white spandex. Mm-hmm. It makes me so happy. I cannot tell you because they are living their full life and not giving a shit what anybody thinks. Do you wear white spandex? Absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. So I would you're, look- a, you're a fucking hypocrite. No. How can you say that? You got those women yes. in their white spandex. No, I love living they do- their best life. And yet, oh no, I won't wear white spandex. Because I am not there yet. I'm hoping one day okay. I'll be there. Right now, I look like the little cottage cheese bowl when I wear them. Okay. I'm hoping after Strictly, I'll go out and wear them. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I don't own them. I have about 10 pairs of white spandex, white denim, white everything. I just haven't gotten there yet. I intend to, though. So you must, Michelle, you must have had quite a few wardrobe malfunctions. Believe in it your or career. not, I have always been so on top of things that... I don't remember, like you think like Janet Jackson stuff, which mm, people can think whatever they want about that. I think that was planned. But 
I never really had anything bad happen to me. The only time I was ever embarrassed wasn't really wardrobe. It was a wig situation. Okay. We were playing a big street festival in Miami called Calle Ocho. It's huge. It's it's a big Cuban street thing in Miami. And we were performing on the street in the heat of the summer. And I had a little China doll, you know, fringe wig. It was blonde. Mm. And I remember doing the dance moves, you know, which were like you know, street dance. Mm-hmm. And I was sweating everything off, wearing how a, old were wearing you a doing Gautier this? suit, 19, wearing this Gautier suit, gorgeous, oh, which I still cool. have. Tried to put it on recently. Mm, not a chance. Nope. nope. Was it the one with the padded hips? It was the, no, it was the one from that era. Yeah. It had kind of uh, stretched down the sides, but it had cut out armpits. I remember that. Gorgeous, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. gorgeous. So cut, so and I had yeah. like a three-quarter length trouser with it. Mm. It was just stunning. So I'd mm. wear a boot under that quarter length, three-quarter length trouser. It was just really beautiful. Mm. Um, and you know, the stretch, lo- the elasticity mm. loses and just goes. Mm. And I remember the fringe on the bag, on the, by the time I was done performing, was like at the back of my head. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't <laughs> see because the whole wig had twisted <laughs> from the heat, like for me dancing and the sweat. And I remember looking through kind of the uh, curtains of the backside is- of the wig. And nobody, the other girls in the group, because I was in a girl group, they didn't bother to tell me that my wig was turning around in the middle of the performance. That was really the only thing that ever yeah, happened. That, that, I was that like, is a sublime story. And for me, that is a wardrobe malfunction. It is. That's a major one. Yeah. Because nothing else. I used to wear my bra as my top because yeah. Madonna was my inspiration. So I would wear everything out in the open like mm. she did. So I never really had no body parts. Didn't Madonna nick voguing off you? Did you start voguing? Um, I, I could never take the credit for starting it, but I was in the ballroom scene before Madonna's Vogue came out. And I was like the kind of blonde white girl that walked in the Vogue ballroom categories okay. with these beautiful creatures that I worked, you know, worked mm. with, which were femme queens and butch queens and people of color. And mm. I was usually the white girl mm-hmm. that did it. And then Madonna, the rumor has it, word has it, lore has it, that I performed at the Suzanne Barch Love Ball in mm-hmm. 1988, whatever mm. that was, 89. I have pictures of it. And Madonna was there. Okay. Watching it. Okay. And that's how the lore goes. Now, I don't know how true that is, but that's the story. And so I can't, and by the way, voguing has been around for many years in the Harlem ballroom scene. Mm. And I was part of a house and part of that whole thing. So she didn't take it from me. She just took it from the ballroom. Okay. Is she an icon of yours? She is my ultimate icon. She's been... My everything since she came out with her first album. Really? Um, so you pray to the altar of Madonna? I pray, always pray to the altar of Madonna. So winding the movie forward, what do you want to be buried in? Have you have you thought about this? I mean, I don't like to put that out there into the universe mm. to think about what I'll be wearing because I'm not sure I want to be buried. I would maybe a suit. I'm a real big power suit mm. person. I love a pencil skirt with a fitted jacket and just like a camisole mm. under it. Will you have an open casket, do you think? Probably, if I choose to go that route yeah. and not cremation. But you can still have an open casket and be thrown into the flames. That's dreadful. It's it's going to happen. It's inevitable, yes. It's going to happen. <laughs> you need to think about this. You've obviously been very controlling over your wardrobe all your life. Yeah. You need to think about this. It's a good time to wear those 120 pitch Louboutins. Oh, 100%. So, because never... they will have to pay extra for the length of the coffin, though. No, that's fine. If you've got a big That's heel. fine. Yeah. Um, my daughters will probably take the shoes before they do what they're yeah. going to do with me anyway. Mm. 
I could be pillaged, actually, the, the whole <laughs> You casket. might be stabbed with them before. Could that be. might be could death be. by Louboutin. Could stiletto. be. Yeah, could yeah. be. We'll see. Yeah. I never thought about that. Mm. I did remember what I put my mother in. I guess that was a big deal, you know. Mm. Bury her in this. She loved this. Mm. I guess you do think that way. Yeah, and I think I think actually that's a very good point. You're right. I think it's kind of like what your kids and your family want to see you in when you that's go, right. really, isn't it? Because I put her in the outfit she wore to my brother's wedding. Yeah. And my, maybe even my wedding. Yeah. She was the happiest then, so I put yeah. her in that. What's that? Oh, yes. I got a little present for you. Okay, so we've been chatting about blood and bleeding. Yes. And Did the you menopause. get me a pad? No, I didn't go. Do you think <laughs> that would be big enough? I don't think Actually, so. Actually, no, it wouldn't. With the gushing that's going, you're telling me about. So this is a little present for those flushing moments, which you can beautifully wrap. I got pajamas. Is it a fan? What is it? Oh, just open it. Okay, shut up. Just shut up and open Very it. Very nice wrapping job, by the way. Yeah. I love a Prezi. I know. Yeah. Oh, look at blue. They're beautiful. You must have gone at least to Amazon. Down to <laughs> Amazon. I think they were £7 for the three. Oh, so yeah. you spent. Yeah. Because yeah. usually they're 99p. So. See, oh, they're can, pretty. Isn't that pretty? Thank you. Out of the money from my piggy bank. Thank you. That I've saved up my pocket money. Well, so there you go. I appreciate that. They're yeah. actually really gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. I've had so much fun. What a treat this has been. Okay. All right. You can shut up now. Okay, I'm bored. You too. Okay. Yeah, you too. Take your cheap fans. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much to Michelle. I knew I was going to love her, and I did. I'd also love to thank Joss Search for giving us a venue because we were a bit stumped on that today. And now it's just us. We're in the pyjama party section. The part where you tell us about your clothing disasters. We love what we've heard so far, so please keep sending them in. You can do it through the mywardmail.com website or by email, which is help at mywardmail.com, or by tweeting us or leaving comments on Facebook or Instagram, all at mywardmail. Hi, is that Laurie? <laughs> Don't it's giggle, me. Laurie. Yeah. Laurie, how are you? I'm good. I'm at the beach. What can be better? You know? oh my, what? You're in North Carolina. I'm not on the beach, but I'm at the beach. Yep, I'm in North Carolina. We have a house at the beach, so oh, I'm down here taking a break. I'm so jealous. What heaven. So, Laurie, you've had the most unbelievable wardrobe malfunction. I, I, I was like, oh, my God when I read it. So tell me all about it. <laughs> so I had been at university in um, England, mm-hmm. in London, for when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And it came time for the Easter holiday. And I went north to Scotland to work mm-hmm. at um, an adventure school, which seemed really awesome. Mm-hmm. And instead of going back to university, I stayed on there from April until October. And so in October, we had an end of the season party mm-hmm. at, uh, in Ullapool at the Frigate, which was a restaurant owned by my friend's family. So it was a great long table of people. 
and I sat next to the handyman who was probably in his 70s. And he, we'd spent a lot of time together drinking tea and him telling me about living in Scotland. And as the evening progressed and the whiskey flowed, mm-hmm. the nice gentleman next to me got a bit frisky <laughs> and kept putting his hand under the table into my lap. Oh, and at night. <laughs> so I ran up and, and went to the loo because I was looking at his wife thinking this is a very bad thing to happen to me. And so I went in and did my business. And then as I was pulling up my tights, I leaned against the sink on the wall, mm-hmm. which promptly fell off <gasps> the wall with water pipes like a fountain, just oh. like a children's play place. Oh. And in fact, my knickers, my knickers and my tights <gasps> were around my ankles. And so out I came into this big party. You Shuffling did, like a Chinese no, lady. No, not with your knickers down still. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> what, and your, your bum hanging and out? And, get, and then for the handyman to come fix the problem. Yes. Oh well, I had on a dress. Oh, okay. I had on a dress. So. You had on, but still. I was covered. Oh, but my, even still. He must have thought all his Christmases had come at once. <laughs> Yes, but as you know, those things you never forget. And, um, and of course, I've not leaned on a sink since to put my tights on. Um, and it was a funny thing. But the good news is they love me in spite of myself. Embarrassing mother, embarrassing mother. I've done far worse. But you are a superstar, and thank you so, so much for getting in touch. It's been really lovely to talk to you, Laurie. Thanks, Susanna. All right, Humbun, you take care. Have a lovely day. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for now. Catch up again very soon. And until then, wardrobe closed. <laughs>